0: So, Jerry read you the end of Job, kind of the spoiler version here. We jumped right to the last chapter. But I wanted to tell you about Job because Job certainly has a place in our um, everyday life. You know, we will say things like, oh, so and so has the patience of Job. And yet, We don't always hear the whole story. And it's an old, old story about a man from Uz. Job was blameless and upright in the sight of God. But then Satan appears with God in heaven, and God boasts about his servant Job and how blameless and upright he is. And Satan argues that Job is only good because he's been blessed so abundantly. And Satan challenges God and says, let me punish your servant Job and see how quickly he will turn and curse God. God allows it but forbids Satan from taking his life. So on day one, he loses his livestock, his servants, and 10 of his children die. Then his wife, who says you should turn and curse God, goes and lies down with the livestock, and she dies. Job has lost everything, except for a few friends. Eliphaz, his friend, shows up, and he believes that Job's agony must be due to sin. And then Bildad surmises that Job's children brought their deaths upon themselves. And then Zophar implies that Job probably deserves even greater punishment than he received. Job calls his friends worthless and says that they whitewash their advice with lies. And then Job ponders his relationship to God. He wonders why does God judge people by their actions? if God could just as easily forgive. Yet God's ways are beyond human understanding. Job confesses he can't even understand himself. How could he understand God? Job's friends are offended that he scorns their wisdom. And then a lie a younger friend shows up, and he believes that Job has spent too much energy vindicating himself rather than vindicating God. Then comes the whirlwind. And God speaks out of the whirlwind. And God shows Job how little he actually knows about creation. How little Job understands much power God alone has and Job acknowledges God's unlimited power and admits the limitations of his own human knowledge this pleases God but he's upset God is still upset with Eliphaz, Bildad, and Jophar for spouting poor and theologically unsound advice Job intercedes on their behalf, behalf and blesses them, and God forgives them. God returns Job's health, his family, and his livestock, so that Job ends his life with abundant offerings. Now, just in case you're thinking that. Satan and God are sitting up there on some cloud, you know, playing cards and deciding that they're going to bet on Job's life. I want you to understand that this was never meant to be a historic book. This is one of the most ancient tales we have. And it may have been written in the second temple era, written down then after the Babylonian exile. So we're talking about 500 years before Christ. Yet we know that it's way, way older than that. It's an allegory where this story is trying to explain that question that we all ask: why do why does bad things happen to good people? Ezekiel mentions Job and Noah and Daniel. Um, and so these are ancient, ancient stories of renown. Ezekiel's right in the 6th century BCE. So you know these are old, old stories. And there are many similar tales from the ancient Near East that are not particularly Jewish. The Epic of Gilgamesh, writings from the Semitic city of Ugarit, and ancient stories about God's punishing man. Egyptian, Akkadian, Sumerian, these are things 2,500 years before Christ old, old stories that are part of the landscape of the Near East. And so this is written down to help us struggle with that question about why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? And so these are the main motifs. Exile and return brokenness and healing, death and resurrection. These are the motifs of our faith, of the Jewish faith, of the Christian faith, where the resurrection of Christ really lifts up for us that concept of new life that can spring from death. So when Jesus heals the blind man, He shows us that God is a God of restoration. That God walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. And we learn that complaining doesn't help. But when we bless God even in the midst of our struggles, when we seek out God even on our hardest days, we can set our complaints aside and seek that which is good and right, then our faith will make us whole. Unfortunately, we do not have the power to just bless each other and have miraculous healing happen in the moment, although I don't discount it has happened more times than we understand. But when we go through a life by blessing, blessing God and blessing each other, then we're able to be restored to right relationships with God, within ourselves, and with each other. And that's where wholeness comes from. So we have a God who will make us whole even when bad things happen. and If we stay strong in that blessing, we will be blessed. If we stay strong in our faith with each other, we will bless each other, and God will restore us and make us whole. May it be so, in the mighty name of Jesus.